Hello and welcome to episode three of the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, much going on this week? Not really. Played a couple of games. Mm, did well in them. Um, so hopefully you'll be enjoying the way that we go with it this week. We've got some happy campers with us to discuss all things zero points and full on Twitter attitude. Uh, the toxic Twitter uh, debate will go on forever. In fact, I don't know. We might not even care talking about that because really it's just opinions. And there is a difference between a critique and an agenda. We'll come to that later on. Uh, so joining me as always, uh, looking summery and uh, with a dog in the background, is Lisa Fox. Hello, Lisa. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Uh, thanks for asking. And making a return uh, because one of our uh, one of our other debutants uh, couldn't make it today because uh, he's being asked to play at right back for Forest. Uh, Lee is back with us. Uh, I remember the dancing freak as we called him last week. You've been doing much dancing this week, Lee? Uh, no comment. Uh, well, it hasn't really been a week. I've got to be honest, I danced a lot on Friday night, so it has been a week for dance, even though Forrest has reason to. And then making his debut all the way from the USA, uh, which is America, if you don't know what that stands for. And hopefully with a solid internet connection and a strong constitution and uh, nice feet. It's Dan. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Hang on. Let me get my feet in. No, British people, man. They'll be going, show me your time. I know. No one else can see the video. You can rate those out of 10 if you want. But they're, they're nice feet. A strong seven feet. Yeah, nice one, man. Seven. Anyway, how thank are you? Are you all right, man? Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No, well, you know, we've, we've waited a long time for this. And thank you for last week's guest, uh, Jerry, who was uh, through yourself. And we, we had a good time with him. So thank you for that. Uh, we Coming up, we've got uh, another Who the Forest Are You? Um, hopefully. I, we always say they've got them. And they're all set to come on. And then I look at the clock and go, they should be joining now. Uh, so we'll tell you as we go through the show when that should be happening. Uh, we have got a quiz at the end. I say a quiz. Um it's a little bit loose this week because it's a general knowledge quiz. I thought we've all spoken off about Forrest and basically I've been lazy. I've had a heavy week of work. So it's, uh, you know, I just didn't want to do it. And also Lisa just moans. I put a lot of effort in. It's just moans about it. So I just thought I'd do one on the Kardashians and Love Island and cheese. Um, so that's what's coming up. I just thought you could all like, you know, escape from Forrest for a little bit. We'll be talking about the last two games, which obviously were Blackburn Rovers uh, on Wednesday. It was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. And then on Saturday, a small matter of... Um, yes, we'll come to that. And uh, Dan is brought with him all the way from uh, America uh, via the airwaves and the interweb, uh, a new section we've been waiting for. Uh, Dan, do you want to briefly tell us what it's about and potentially even do the first part of it? I can certainly do that, yes. So I'm going to drop a few clues into the show as we go, four to be to be precise. And it's the feature is currently called, until we come up with a better name, Guess the Garibaldi. So very simple. I'm going to give a clue. And uh, that first clue will be worth four points. If you can guess the player who's played for Forest, uh, you will get four points. If you're playing along at home, uh, no cheating. You're only cheating yourself. Um, but we'll go through the program. The clues will get progressively easier. And there'll be four of them. If you get it by the last one, you'll get just the one point. Um, but I'll drop those in. So do you want me to start with the first one now then? Yeah, I mean, we are just just to confirm this, because I've done it when we've done the quizzes, we are playing for pride, obviously. And, you know, maybe if you're listening with a co-worker or a small ferret, you can see who got it first. And, so, you know, that's what the points are for, aren't they, Dan? There aren't prizes that we know. You're not sending over some uh, Twinkies. I, I could do. Do you want me to send some Twinkies to the winner? The vile. I tried one once. I think they were really horrible. But uh, so, yeah, so first, first question, we're all going to... Uh, on the pod, just so you know, we're going to be firing our answers, what we think it is, to Dan via the uh, medium of WhatsApp, just so we uh, don't discuss it on here if we think we've got it. And at the end, he'll reveal who got nearest. In the uh, run of this, which we did when I was out for a walk one time, I was quite 
I luckily got it. I think we all did all right on that. It was a very tough one. So we don't know what we're going to get here. Uh, let's start the music now. And away you go, Dan. First question. Clue. First, first clue. Uh, this player, he was born in Stockholm, Sweden in 1962. Is that it? That is it. Brilliant. So 62. My initial thoughts are he's going to be hitting his prime around early 80s, mid 80s. I don't know. At the minute, I don't. Cause so, so are we allowed a guess on every clue or we've only got so many guesses of the actual player? You have two guesses. So if you want to take a guess or what, if you know the answer, WhatsApp it to me now, but you've got two guesses. So if you get this one wrong, you can't guess on every time. Okay, that's just to stop everyone diving in with a, just a random guess now. But he was born in Stockholm, Sweden in 1962. Is that just to confirm? Is it like that? Because obviously, you know, we're living in the States. There's a lot of like uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it's just to confirm the Sweden, uh, Stockholm versus... It, it was, but it was also because I thought it just sounded more intelligent if you put more words in. Does it sound very, very knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah, or it might be relevant, like versus all other players that were born in another Stockholm. Not that that's the case, but well, I, I can't. I genuinely can't think of a Forest player who was Swedish in the eighties. Uh, uh, Lee, Lisa, any initial thoughts? I'm not trying to get things off you. You can dance around it a little bit if you've got it. No comment. So, yeah, I was, I was just thinking exactly the same. I can't think of anyone Swedish that was not that I would being born in 1987, like, but. Um, yeah, but that's kind of like when people go, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah. So I was born in 1981, but I know who Henry VIII is. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know. But uh, where was he born? Where was he, Henry VIII born? He was born, I think he was born in Hampton Court. I'll check yeah. that. I love my Tudors. Anyway, that's a side of me I didn't expect to be sharing with uh, Forest fans. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave that down at the minute. I think it could be well be, just because I can't think of many Forest players who were Swedish around that time. Someone who isn't Swedish, that makes sense. We don't know them as Swedish. So I'm going to say thank you for that. And we will come to the second and slightly easier, you're saying, uh, Clue, yeah? Slightly easier. Well, you have both, right? Put it together. The jigsaw puzzle will reveal itself. Like the tapestry of life. Okay, so thank you for that. Let's. I think, uh, I think this is going to be a nice little uh, brain tickler. So let's move on to uh, talking about Nottingham Forest Football Club. Um, everyone ready for that? Yeah, I'm just looking at the faces. At least you look very summery tonight. I don't mean to feel like it's just. Are you going out? No, I'm not. The general, you know, look around the house. Just like the summer, the summer legend. You're looking very tanned and uh, healthy. <laughs> I wish I've been dwelling in pubs. Right. So uh, let's. Who's going to kick off with this? Put. Um, let's give it Dan because you've been quizzing us, Dan. Um, which of the games did you get to watch or listen to or whatever just before I start grilling you on both? And did you get to see either of the games? I got to see half of each. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I completely ruined your, your your plan, but I got to see the second half of both games. Um, With Forrest, I mean that you've actually seen an amazing whole performance or a really shit one because, you know, they're usually a team of two halves. So let's talk about Blackburn overall as, you know, you ain't got to go in depth of the, you know, the breaking down of this and the press and the XG and all that crap. But, um, you know, not the result we wanted in either of them. I think I'd said 2-1 uh, on Wednesday, but I didn't know which way it'd go. But obviously... The power of Ben Breris and DF up front was uh, too much for us to handle. But uh, just just overall feeling of the two of them, clumping together rather than trying to put them together. How do you feel? It, it was all just a bit forest, wasn't it? There was um, so without yeah, without getting into all the the usual stuff that I'm sure people have heard enough of. I think it was summed up by two things. So the one for me was the uh, injury to our right new right back playing left back, uh, which kind of summed up where we are. Which is the moment we get a good piece of news. 
it seems to at the moment quickly vanish into thin air. So I think it was announced today as we're recording, what is it, Monday? Um, that he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. So that's... Um, I, know, I, I, I was at Bournemouth and he looked he looked all right to me. And then he, I think he, again, he looked, he looked a good level. Yeah, we're playing him out of position, which wasn't great. And then obviously he's got injured again, which again isn't great. So that would, that was one of the things. And then the other thing was for the Blackburn game, it was the hope really that killed you, wasn't it? Because we, we didn't play... Uh, great, let's say, but maybe in, in uh, relation to Stoke, we could say it was a, the better of the two performances. But after giving uh, giving up a goal and then getting back in it, you know, you're at home, you've got the crowd, you're like, oh, actually, might not deserve it, but we might get something here. And then down the other end, and it's uh, back to square one again. So yeah, just a bit, just a bit forest for me. That really, um, just when they get your hopes up with a transfer or a goal, they're dashed within best part of ten minutes if you're not careful. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean. I don't. I think we're going to withstand this as much as we can about the players because one thing I think I do definitely want to get across is that for all the uh, vitriol and often kind of vicious stuff fired at Chris Hutton, remember he's a human being. Uh, there's also eleven people running around that pitch who are being shit a lot of the time as well, and I don't just want to have it sat that way. I'm not trying to make it a scapegoat. They don't listen to me. They don't listen to us or as a whole thing. But I think it does you good to. As I said, if you keep thinking about that thing about agenda versus critiques, it's quite an interesting thing. You know, when you've got a hatred for something and you just don't look at any other option for it. Carvalho. Um, so Lee, let's talk to you about the two as well. Who anyone get any praise from you from Blackburn or Stoke? I mean, I think Stoke was just absolutely dire. I just didn't see anything in there that gave me gave me any real hope, but more Blackburn, maybe. Uh yeah, I'm, I didn't actually see the Stoke. I wasn't at Stoke on Saturday. Um I can't really speak for the Stoke game. Um, in the Blackburn game, was there a positive? Um, yeah, I think Alex Martin was very good. He certainly wouldn't have been the first player that I took off, to be honest. Um, Can I interject with my constant thing with him, Lee? Just to uh, your, I still don't think there's an end product with him. I think he's quick. I think his feet are good, but I just don't see a killer cross or something at the end uh, consistently enough. Yeah, I do tend to agree with that. I think... Um, Speedboat without a driver at the minute is a analogy I would use. Um, but what I did think he did well was they had the really bizarrely, typically Tony Mowbray, they had two big target men playing out wide. So naturally, he looked at those two, and uh, particularly Sam Gallagher on one side, he's not going to be busting a gut to get back, um, you know, to defend. So for me, I just think once Martin went off, Brennan Johnson. Yeah, he probably is a better option for a goal than Alex Martin, but I just think we probably looked more dangerous with um, his direct, you know, raw and direct pace down the flank. So I would have left him on. Um, other than that, I'm struggling to think of, of too many other positives, to be fair. Um, Brennan Johnson's an interesting one as well, though, because I, I, you know, I think we discussed this before. Clearly last year when we had an awful season, you, you were crying out for someone who was clearly doing what we wanted him to do at Lincoln. Now, I appreciate it's still professional football, but it is a league below. Uh, I still haven't seen anything this season, really, apart from Coventry. I know he set up the goal for Taylor. But again, he's just seemed quite ghostly to me. So, And I, and I heard someone saying about, well, you can't, you, you know, the young lads and what they do. But I'm afraid, especially what we hear about Brennan with the contract talks and the kind of money you could be talking that you're earning and you're a professional footballer in a first team like Forrest, you are set for that, I'm afraid. You're set for our opinion on it. So do you... Do you does there come a point where with a younger player we have to go because you know people start seeing he's one of our own and everything means it's okay uh but do you know what i mean is there is there a point that if you are in that first team and whether it's been put on you because of lack of other great options um is it a fair critique to judge them as much as your zinganagel or you know cavalio or someone who's a bit more established 
Um, yeah, I, I personally, I think absolutely it is. I think there comes a certain time when, when you make the step up to the first team that critique's going to come. That's professional football. You've kind of got to, you've got to adapt to it. And you're quite right what you say, Brennan Johnson. He, but for the assist at Coventry, he's done very, very little so far. Um, certainly, I was watching him a little bit at Lincoln last year, and I thought he'd have have had a bigger impact than what he has. So, yeah, I think there does come a time when we do seem very accommodating at Forest. To it's like you'll we'll buy a random foreigner um, from say Stockholm or somewhere like that. And they get like 20 minutes and everyone's made a judgment on them that they're not very good. Um, it, for some reason, it seems that with the younger players from the academy, which is great, we've got an academy, it's, you know, it's, it's made us a fortune over the years. But I do think we are sometimes a little bit too lenient when it comes to, um, there has to come a certain point for me when you have to say, look, come on, you're in the first team now. Um, you need to start showing to the supporters and the manager that you're good enough to play 10, 20, 30 games a season. Unless you call Ryan Yates. Unless you call Ryan Yates. I just hate you for any reason. Um, Lisa, I had another question for you. Do you know what? I'm going to keep the same on to you, really. So from what you saw, uh, or maybe you could fill in if you watch Stoke. Um, it feels a bad game to try and jump on the bandwagon off because of how it kind of went. But I just, at no point did I think I even got remotely thrilled by any point of it. Uh, the two games together again for you. Again, it was another one, you know, the, the, you're talking about positives and negatives. Um, I think if we, if we talk about Blackburn first, the positives initially for me is that we actually started quite brightly um, and it was nil-nil at half-time and then it got Groundhog Day. Excellent. Sorry to you, the start of the game was actually quite good in all round as a neutral, I think it's a great game of football at the start. So it, it was Groundhog Day, we came out second half, God knows what's said in the half-time dressing room, concede literally straight after and it, and and then again, you know, we were, we were what, three games into the season and we, we lost 2-1, um, got ourselves back into it, looked like we kind of were up for the fight a little bit and then conceded a ghastly goal. Um, and, you know, it's, for me, there has, has, Samba has got to step up and prove himself. Um, he's had a mistake in him every game so far. Um, and I know that I've kind of vocalised that. What was the keeper doing? Why was he so far out from sort of the, the goal mouth? Um, he either has to kick it or he has to, take control of the ball um, and the comment that I got back with yeah but what about Yates with his pass and I'm sick to death of our social media followers um, just slating our players I mean Lee's just just said it there um, but the frustrating thing for me is that we have such a creative front line on paper in terms of Carvalho in terms of Johnson, Mighton, Zinkenagel you know there's so much that you look at that you know they are capable of um, supposedly but it's not them that is getting the criticism I mean I know they are between ourselves but everything's Yates's fault or everything's the, the new right back's fault or it's Bong's fault but what else are we supposed to do you know at the end of the day if you've seen what he has actually come out and said today um he hasn't got a left back he's got to go with Bong because there's nobody else um and the book can't just stop with him like you've said there's 11 players out there on that pitch They've got to take some of the of the rap. The, 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 the supporters should be there to support the team. And if they're fighting amongst themselves in the stand, I'm sorry, something, something's just seriously wrong. And I, I am dreading going to the game on Saturday because I don't want to be part of that. Well, is it above that then? Because I mean, I, I think there's a valid... There's certain things I think there's a validation to. One thing I do think we need to sort of stop 
doing but it'll almost probably be impossible now because it's the way that we live is that we always refer to twitter we always refer to social media because you know when we were ringing up team talk whatever it was on the phone back in the 90s to try and get some news on it's baggio um you know you didn't really give a shit what as i always say john from bulwall said or something like that but it, it it feels now that you know i definitely saw it this week when i spoke i dared to not add an international tone of voice about the but but you know the blessed messiah that is jao carvalho and you know obviously people are lacking a sense of humor and they obviously support him and not nottingham forest now is that true it's it's very interesting because you know it is, it is a team and i've always been brought up to be you know you win as a team you lose as a team and you support your team through good times and bad times but as it stands at the moment i understand our fans frustration in the fact that we do have a creative front line we do have players and we've, we've seen it you know graben is capable of 20 goals a season taylor's been out there and got 10 15 goals wherever he's been in the in the, the divisions around us you know wimbledon um charlton and he's been doing it in teams that aren't necessarily creative um so he, he is very very capable so then you've got to look at what what is the problem is it the style of play is it the fact that we just aren't um are we just too scared to go forward? You know, at the end of the day, if, if one Forest player gives the ball away or passes the ball sideways, the atmosphere changes completely. And it, that's got to be, you know, at the end of the day, we complained last year that the fans weren't in the stadium and all we've wanted is to get back in there. And yet we're in there and all we're doing is actually poss or possibly making it worse because the players realise that from minute one, all they're going to do is get slated and all they're going to do is actually have have us as fans on their back. I think it's cumulative as well, though. I think that's a lot of people's pent-up frustrations who can't probably always express it in the right way, unfortunately. You know, it's what they say about common sense, sadly. It's not all that common. But uh, I, also, I also think, sorry, it goes back to us having the horrific end of season two seasons ago. It's not last season. It's the season before where it all imploded. You can't blame Hewton for that. Well, singing Lamouche's name is a, is a twatty thing to do, pardon my French, because realistically, short-term memory people, he was quite defensive. He'd gone about defensive, he was very defensive. It wasn't actually that great football. We got away with murder a lot of times. I'm not looking back on that season with a weird retrospective. I'm sure we'd all agree that there was a lot of those games. It was like, it was kind of exciting at times, whether it was, and compared to the shit we've seen this season and last season, of course, we'll see it. I'm just going to put my two penneth on the whole thing, and I'm going to come around you all about the manager, the situation with the club, and then the players as well. I'll start with you, Dan. I think the Carvalho thing is interesting because it doesn't actually just sum up about Jao Carvalho. It actually sums up about a nostalgia, which we were, I think we were saying on the group and somebody else was saying. People see a guy that we spent 15 million on, whether actually that's truth of how much we've actually spent on that is a different question. But um, they see it as a time, you know, there's still people who don't realise that Nottingham Forest aren't a Premier League side or they think they have a God-given right to be where they should be. We were picked up by Brian Clough as a sort of provincial Midlands team in the second flight. And it's kind of where we've ended up again. You know, we're kind of where we were before the magic happened. Uh, now, do I, I don't want that. I want us to be challenging for top titles in Europe and God knows what. But I think Carvalho reminds people of when we had a certain different style of football and a different thing. Now, that isn't what this manager wants to choose and do. I just find it very interesting that you I've seen opinions similar to, well, it's not Carvalho's fault because Yates is da 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 Again, is it a critique or is it an agenda? You have to think about that. The other one is the board and the recruitment. And you have to look at the facts of how many players we signed. That last season was just mental. And you look at the players we brought in and the money they were on. And Hewton, the defence I'll have for him, a bit like when Doogie was dealing with all that rubbish, was that um, you're putting out fires. And at the end of the day, he's trying to reduce that 
that, that squad was absolutely, um, what do you call it? That squad was just bloated, wasn't it? It's got down to nothing, more or less, but almost to nothing because when you get an injury, if something like happens, you, you know, you're a bit buggered. So all in all, the players have got to take a thing for it as well. There is the fact that I don't think Houston does seem to make up the changes that are often needed at the right time and doesn't seem, you know, we were there Bournemouth, weren't we? 60 minutes down to 10 men. What was it? So with all that in, if there's something you completely disagree with me on that, please say it now. Um, but otherwise, looking at potentially the, the way the club's been run, looking at potentially the management or potentially what the players are actually doing on that pitch. And also maybe like Lisa said, the fans, where do you apportion a lot of what's going on with Forest right now, Dan? All right, so I'll, I'll try and keep this briefer than my notes make it sound. I started this afternoon writing some stuff down and it went on quite a uh, quite a rant even to myself. But first of all, I'm going to disagree with a few things that are said. Um, first off, within reason, I think anything singing Sabri's name, getting on Yates, you know, saying Carvalho is the saviour, I, I don't blame anyone for any of that, right? I think the situation we're in, no one was singing Sabri Lamucci the other night because they wanted Sabri Lamucci back. They were singing, I don't like what's happening. I preferred it when we were beating Leeds, basically, right? So it's not, here's my, here's my opinion as to what we should do next. It was, what's happening now is not acceptable. And I see that through the Carvalho and Yates thing as well. Carvalho is the embodiment, kind of what you said, Reiners, to a style of football that even if people have an opinion on whether he's capable of doing it or not, is a style of football that he represents that people want to see. They want to see Carvalho's five-minute highlight reel that was produced the other year every week. And they don't want to see the um, analysis on Twitter of five minutes of Ryan Yates passing backwards. So everything that we say is essentially covering that point, which is I'd like to play how we were playing that other year when we were sixth, fifth, fourth in the league winning games. And I'd like players like Carvalho playing how he can do and not how Ryan Yates is playing today. Now, it's a completely different question then as to whether Ryan Yates is playing how he is today because Ryan Yates is choosing to or because he's being told to, right? And that's why I don't like getting into apportioning blame between managers and players. I do lay it firmly at a manager, whoever the manager is, because ultimately, if Ryan Yates is doing what he's told and that's not good enough, that's the manager's fault. And if he's not doing what he's told, the manager needs to make him do what he's told or make a change. So bottom line for me is, it, it starts and ends with the manager, right? That's 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 where it is for me. That said, I completely agree as well that managers can't work miracles, right? And I don't think anyone would have thought sitting here today we would be saying we'll be playing two academy fullbacks, asking for an academy player to play in the middle of the park and having two of them up front. It was never in anyone's desired situation for us to be starting five or six academy graduates and everyone would have said you know, don't get me wrong Finback's played excellently I, I reserve judgment on a few of the others but he's played really well no one would have said two months ago let's not sign anyone let's go with Finback at right back right that wouldn't that wasn't the case so we do need to make signings however we need to get the balance right we all were happy last year when we signed Arta and uh, various other players on a lot of money, and people were putting the meme out there of us. And so thinking, I thought back, I thought Arthur and Taylor, I thought they were solid additions to a team that just come seventh. Yep, so hindsight is a wonderful thing, and as they call it over here, Monday morning quarterbacking. We bought a lot of players on a lot of money, and people were quite happy to put the meme out there of us drinking promotion juice, right? And then it didn't work. So we can blame the board, and we can blame everyone else, and I think that's where the blame does lie. They have made changes, and if you're not going to spend money, you don't go and bring in a CEO, guys from Wigan and Germany in the backroom staff to try and sort it out. So I believe their intent is correct, and I believe they're going about it in the right way. 
unfortunately we're doing it far too slowly to have an impact this year and it's all well and good saying well we're building for the future you can't build for the future from league one so you have to do something this year and there has to be some pragmatism in the next week that says okay we weren't willing to pay that two weeks ago or we weren't willing to get that guy in but now we've got to because we're in a different situation so we have to stick to a long-term strategy but we have to adapt to the short-term trend and the short-term trend is we do not have enough players and we're bottom of the league so i believe that means we've got to make different transfer choices in the next week and that's just how it is and i believe we've got to change the manager because i think it's boring to watch and i don't think three new additions this week will change any of that we will we will come to this again at the end because i think it's something it's been quite a, a big week in terms of what we've done but um you know i'm conscious that you you did that succinctly, but there is going to be more space. So don't worry about it. We're going to talk about it a bit more. Uh, knowing that and knowing that we have got a guest appearing soon, Lisa and Lee, between you, if you'd like to just give me some little bits on that. And I say we will approach this at the end as well, because the quiz that I've got is rubbish. <laughs> I'm just going to say I can't disagree with a single word that Dan said. Um, and, you know, he's, he's very, very honest. Um, and I, I agree with him up to the point that it's it's coming up to that dreaded weekend again, where we're playing that team down the A52. And at that point, it's either, it's, it's make or break. We know we're nowhere at that point anyway. And in terms of signings coming in, it might well be that two weeks ago, X amount of players were on that list and out of our reach. Um, my, my thing um, on that is that I think that in the past, we have gone out and signed players like Arter, players like Taylor, um, players like, Murray last year that are at the end of their career and it's very very easy to get those players over the line whereas now we're actually in the market for younger hungrier players and there's more competition to get them and that might be the problem not the fact that they're not trying that's a great that's a great point you're dealing with a different thing aren't you if it's a it's easy to buy an old knackered boat but when you want to get a speedboat with loads of master on it it's yeah exactly uh lee to you mate just uh just before we move on to the next section yeah, lots of um, literally everything Dan's just said there. Kind of totally Dan, agree. We want Dan to rule the world. Um, I just what I would add is I think I thought about with the atmosphere at Blackburn in particular, um, it was toxic, and I think that's for me why you've got to applaud Finn back because can you imagine eighteen years old? It's your dream come true. You're being thrown in. He's probably sat on the bench to be fair, thinking, "Well, we've got a lad on loan from Arsenal. He's not going to get injured. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and soak in the atmosphere." 18 minutes or whatever, he's going on. Um, yeah, I think that the, the crowd were quite accommodating towards him. But can you imagine when people are making 10-yard passes and it's going out for a throw in and all they can hear is boos? Then they're singing about the old manager, and for him to still keep his head down and kind of uh, play as well as he did, I think he deserves immense credit for that. To be honest, um, and I think what. Just touching on the, the Hewton thing, I actually can see a situation where we go and beat Derby, but still sack Chris Hewton. Because I just think um, they're going to... Dane Murphy's not... A, he doesn't seem like a silly man. Um, I just think they will assess... In any job, you will have various points where you've got to hit certain milestones by certain times. And I just think as, as good as a win it would be against Derby, I just think the board might look at it as five games and three points, possibly still... Um, well, probably still in the relegation zone. I just think with everything that happened last year, they could they could still pull the trigger, to be honest. I've got a funny feeling with Ghana and then Derby, which we will approach both of those coming up at the end, <clears throat> that it won't happen now. I think he'll be the manager until at least the next transfer market. But let's have a look later on and we will be discussing all things. Um, Dan, yes, you have your hand up, which is uh, either... Yes, go on. I'm just conscious that we're getting a bit serious and I've got another clue to offer on Garibaldi. 
it's now a good time before we move on. I think it would be a very good time because our mystery guest is perfectly poised in terms of having question marks on where the name is and no video, which is great, which I love. Um, and, and I want you to now thinking, God, who is it? Is it, is it, is it someone really famous? Uh, why is he not showing himself? Uh, but yeah, by all means, Dan. So we have the first clue about this, um, what we call it, Gar Gesta Garibaldi. And it was, they were born in Stockholm, Sweden in 62. Was that right? That was correct. Um, he was also the losing captain in the 1987 FA Cup final. And he played in the same team in that game as Steve Hodge. Well, I know the 87 Cup final because uh, my best mates around the corner from me going up in Skeg were commentary fans. And they used to sing, go for it, go for it, City. And I know they beat. And the captain... Oh, okay. I, th um, I might, do you know what? I'm going to do this section with a guest and then I'm going to send you a message because I think I know who it is now. Uh, all right. The Forest player, right? It's a, yeah, they're all Forest guests, the Garibaldi. <laughs> right, oh, because Forest play football. It's a football team. It's something really random. Um, so, all right, listen, guys. So, listen, that's a good one, Dan. And uh, for those of you, I've just given you a bit of that clue as well about who was in the FA Cup final in 87. Um, we're going to move on to our section called Who the Forest Are You? Uh, first of all, I'm just going to say hello and good evening to our mystery guest. Are you there, sir? Yes, I am here. Perfect. Oh, brilliant. Your voice is very interesting. Um, so what we're going to do this week, you're going to be the first one of our guests who um, we're going to give a time limit to. We're going to give three minutes. Now, Lisa here is laughing because she knows who you are. Uh, so Lisa isn't going to be part of the quiz. Now, Lisa's normally rubbish at these, so it's quite good in a way that she's not involved. So Dan and Lee, who are here, uh, they're going to be throwing questions at you. Um, what's all that about? What's the hand signal? All right, saying I'm rubbish at these. I was the one that got closest last week. Close, but no uh, cigar. Um, so first question I'm going to ask, which I have to ask for a start of the time, is do you have a connection to Nottingham Forest? Yes. Ooh, very good. Um, so here we go. I'm going to start the timer now. Uh, I'm going to go three, four, really, uh, Dan and Lee. Um, you know, no yes, no questions. Um, but you've got three minutes. There will be uh, ticking in the background, hopefully, when I've pre-post-edited this. Three, two, one, go. Um, good evening, whoever you are. Um, I guess my first question has got to be, is the accent you're talking in your actual accent? Yes, it is. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> it broke slightly there, so I think we, we know the real answer. And by just by Lisa's laugh, I think I can get that. Um, is your connection to Nottingham Forest ongoing? Yes, it is. Um, was your connection to Nottingham Forest... Um, have these got to be yes or no still, by the way? Oh, whatever you want. Okay. Minutes. You've lost a minute already. Okay. <laughs> Was your connection to Nottingham Forest uh, actively involved with the first team? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I'd speed these up, boys, if I were you. Minutes gone. Do you, do you have to wear a uniform for the connection to Nottingham Forest? Is good question. No. Mm, no, not really. So he's naked. Uh, Lee? <coughs> um... Who's that naked guy for us? <laughs> uh, can I, can I jump in, Lee, while you, while you think? Go on, go on, yeah, go between you. Yeah, is it? are you based at the city ground for this connection? Uh, on match day, yes. You're halfway through. You've got a minute and a half left. Okay. Um, on a match day. From your vantage point on a match day, are you able to see the match? Oh, yes. Yes. Very much. Mm. Are you involved in the 
or do you use the Tannoy PA system at the city ground? Sometimes, yes. Oh. You've got 55 seconds, yeah. Oh, this is oh. this is a tricky one. So yeah, I'm every week, by the way, just to really hard. I'm going to pause it for one second. You, uh, you know, when we were trying to guess whose dad or whatever it was had made the kits and whatever, you know, we want the connection more than whatever. So I'm sure our guess won't be if you don't get full Christian names, middle names, and everything is fine. But if you can get the job, that's what we're after. Okay. So Lee, you got. I'll start again now. You've got 30 seconds. Um. Are you responsible? Are you responsible for something to do with crowd safety? Um, sometimes yes, is part of job. Are you? Uh, do you get to see the team sheet before the crowd hears about it? Yes, I do. Ten seconds. I'll give you one question after each, and we'll stop there. Go on, Link. Um. Are you reasonably close to the players? Um, not not socially, no. On match day, yes. Okay, Dan, your last one. Oh, I think you've been close, Dan. You've looked confident. Yeah, I've got, I've got a guess in me, but I'll wait till the time's up for a guess, right? And I'll, I'll try and nail it down with one. Time's gone. So let's. All have... right, all right. Are you the Nottingham Forest Stadium announcer? Yes, I am. You're very good. You can come and say hello now. Welcome. <laughs> hello. How are you, man? Yeah, very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. So, yeah, it's Mark here with us. Mark Dennison. Thanks. For I'm, I'm very sorry about the dodgy accent. I, 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 I was I was weighing up what kind of accent to go with. And um, I don't know what that one was. Maybe it was Russian. But I thought, um... it, was, I thought it was Gru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you're the first one that, I mean, to be fair, you, it's probably the one compared to someone who screwed a, a, you know, a tree on the side of the Trent end and, you know, dad made the kits in 59. Yours is probably one we've seen more or experienced more. So, uh, wow. You're the first one we've rumbled. I'll take that. Absolutely. Like an, like an actual star. I didn't realize we we're going to have celebs on here. That was the Oh, issue. shush. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so, so you're, yeah. We, normally at this point, we then ask them to tell the story in the collection. But just let's let's go from the angle of how did you end up with that gig? That's a pretty good gig, around Forest. Well, this season. Oh yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 it was 2003. Uh, a mate of mine used to do the job, and then I, I was working at um, a different radio station at the time at, at Trent. And I think the initial idea was that three of us were going to job share, and then. The other two didn't want to do it, and I carried on, and I've carried on ever since, basically. And um, yeah, it's it's never dull, is it, at the city ground? So um, all good fun. No, what's the and what's the um, you know what's your normal match day like for those who are interested in what that is? Because you know that's the part of the reason we're we're not just going for you know ex players and stuff on this section. We kind of want to know what you what's your match day like? How's it? You know, do you do journalistic stuff as well in the day as well, or what's your whole thing? Well, on a match day, I work for the club and during the week I work for the BBC and I have to, you know, because of the way things are with the BBC, I have to keep the two quite separate. Uh, so on a match day, I work for the club, I turn up, they give me the team sheet, any, anything else that, um, that we're doing in terms of mascots and halftime entertainment, stuff like that. Uh, we look at all of that. Um, 
big screen linking up the audio with the big screen, trying to make sure that people can actually hear what I'm saying, which is an ongoing battle. Um, but um, no, that, 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 that's pretty much it. You know, substitutions, half-time scores, full-time scores. Um, but no, it's, it's good. It, it, it was better when I was allowed inside. Now I've got to sit out. You asked about my vantage point, and that's right on the touchline when it's minus 15 in January. So um, I'd like to be back inside at some point. Oh, were you just so you're always there on the side. I mean, I saw against Bournemouth. I say I saw you there because obviously Lee's mm. great coming on as well. So there he is. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you know that I'm sure the other guys have probably got some questions and things that well I've asked with it. But my my key ones really are first of all, what is the best atmosphere you can remember being there for in terms of the time that you've done that? It's well, any derby game, just any derby game, and you know probably probably the best atmosphere was the one time. We got promoted. I mean, God, that was years ago, wasn't it? From League One. So the fact that we're still talking about that now, that's quite sad. But um, no, any any derby game by far and away. I guess Terrific. As a former wedding singer, when you've got like a lot of people on the dance floor, whatever song you say is next is a good crowd. I mean, it's yes. Forest, isn't it? When, when you're shouting the name of someone you know they like is coming yeah. out. Yeah. Also, with, with what we were talking about a bit before, I don't know if you caught in a bit regarding some of the toxicity towards, especially some of the players, is there almost a, you don't want to say that name. Have you had that in the past where you've gone, you know they're going to get some stick and it's a bit of a, I mean, you have to, it's your job, but is there a bit of a feeling of like, if I say your name, this is all coming now, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, and I think, look, I think, I think part of, part of my job in my head is to almost manage expectations because, you know, when we go through a tough a tricky time like now you know yeah my part of my job is to g up the crowd but you know not to the point where the crowd's kind of going look at this guy you know we, we have to be kind of balanced with it and i think like god you know we we've all been supporting fans for a long long time so we know that we'll come through this tricky period um but yeah you see certain names it's like the other night for blackburn you know seeing ben brereton diaz on a team sheet it was quite, you know, quite funny in a way, but fair play to it. You know, he's gone off and he's gone to Chile and who saw that coming? Not me. I've, I've cried. If you'd asked me that when I saw him score against Villa, wherever it was, Do you know, cause I'm thinking now of all the ones, cause I was there for that Yeovil game and got promoted. So that means you must've done Derby games when Commons come back. Cause I would have been going, yeah. Chris Commons. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, there must be, a, 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 I can't remember now thinking of it because I've probably been so hyped up for it but as of the times when you play Derby where you're definitely giving it more more oh, of yeah. an ounce of voice for Forrest versus yeah. Robbie Savage yeah yeah oh for sure yeah the, the Robbie Savage Nathan Tyson thing was years ago but I remember seeing that the flag in the um, in the corner of Brian Clough and uh, Bridgeford so yeah I mean there, there have been countless times I do remember on, on the subject of hype um, one former <coughs> high-ranking person at Forest used to try and get me to give it the same volume to the opposition, introducing the opposition players and also when they scored. And I was like, I just could not understand why, why do you want me to do that? We want a partisan crowd though. Well, isn't that part of the whole thing of being at home? Yeah. And we, we had, we had, how was it, Cluffy put it, we had, a, we had a meeting and we decided I was right and that was it. Yeah, we both said our opinions and decided that as well. But yeah. my final one before I'm going to open it up to anybody else who might have a question for you is what's the worst name you've ever really struggled with? Oh my God. How is he playing oh. or on the opposition? What's the name? <sighs> oh, Christ. Um, 
too many to mention. I used to work with someone at the Beeb, Robin Chipperfield. Bless him. He's one of my best mates, but I would sometimes go up to him before a game and say, look, what are you going with with this pronunciation? And he would feed me a pack of lies, but I didn't realise he was doing that. Um, and so I was the one making a muppet out of myself. But I do remember, yeah, pre-season friendly when we were playing a Spanish team and they changed the entire 11 at half time. And I thought, well, should we just, should we just gloss over this? Oh, give it a go. And it was quite good fun, actually. 11 Spanish names, not a clue. But I think, you know, you say it with conviction, it conviction and people believe you. Well, because the, the other one that springs to mind then is I remember seeing Forrest pre-season play India. Oh, right. It was a really random game. Forrest versus India. I, think Paul I didn't do that. I was going to say, that would be some names there. I'm going <laughs> you're okay with that, Mark. I'm going to see if you're the Of course. And this is where they go silent now, and I have to make a couple more questions about the announcer voice. But anyone else? So I, 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 just following up on what you're saying about like how you g the crowd up, but without making it too kind of uh, you know in your face. Do you ever? Because you go to some other grounds and they do some strange things. So at Arsenal, they start that trend of reading out the first name and then letting the crowd fill in the gap, the surname, mm-hmm. all of that. Do you ever get any like odd requests from in the club or around them going, "Why don't we try this?" And you just. Mm. I'm not, I'm not sure that's really really going to work with the Forest lot. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I was aware of, of that. Obviously, I mean, goal music is probably the most contentious thing um, in football. I remember when Forest brought it in. And long story short, it wasn't, it wasn't my idea, but I, I could completely get why they did it. But then, of course, you bring gold music in and everyone wants rid of it. So, you know, that, that was contentious. Um, I remember Gary Megson um, called me in one time and he said, we need an anthem. And I was just like, well, well, you can't just kind of, what do you want me to do? Kind of pluck an anthem out of the air. Um, and he couldn't quite kind of get his, I could see where he was going, but he, it was almost like he wanted me to get a keyboard and write an anthem. And I think he was probably about that time when there was talk of Robin Hood and then was it bringing, oh, Perfectly placed, man, with the keyboard. Please, mate, I should have asked at the time. I could have done. I named that. I named that tune in three. Um, But um, yeah, it was probably about that time. Did we bring Mullican Tire back and Robin Hood and various guys of Robin Hood and stuff like that? So yeah, it's you. You hear funny things from elsewhere. Sometimes there are good ideas that you think, yeah, we can make that. But um, it's tricky because we're we're not only fickle. We're very stuck in our traditions we like things a certain way so god forbid you change anything i think i i, I was thinking the same thing as you dan it's a very it's a very european thing for me that whole thing of going you know lothar Matthias. you know I, I think i can see people at forest i've heard people at forest say i'd rather watch a god, dog give birth during the game so yeah i can't see people going with it going like you know the gay son no um so also quickly what what is is there a have you noticed or is a thing because i didn't hear it against bournemouth because i don't know if i was just you know enjoying the moment it seems to me like Muller Kintyre is happening later, or is it different? Or what's the Muller Kintyre gate this this season that everyone's been going on about? Well, you all ah. know this. Okay, so um, I must confess, and this isn't a, a case of it wasn't me, but it wasn't me. I missed the first two games. I, I had to isolate for a, for a week, <clears throat> and I um, so I missed two games. But and also in the meantime, everyone that I was dealing with at Forest, uh, Ben White, and all have left. So that that left my job quite kind of interesting but anyway missed the first couple of games and just about every single tweet I got was about Muller Kintyre and I thought what's going on and so before I went back 
I said to the um, the new guy there, look, you know, I've had an awful lot of messages about it. Is there anything I can do? You know, uh, have you lost the old version of it or, you know, what's what's happening? So during lockdown, when there were no fans, I think they'd create or someone had created a, a new version of Mullican Tire, complete with crowd noise. And then they'd kind of forgotten to go back to the original um, when there were fans in. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those things with everything else. It slipped through the net. It was unfortunate, yeah. um, but I, th I think maybe more was made out of that than needed to be. Like you said, people just want to jump on things at times. I, I, yeah. I, for me, it was just a later thing. I, I'm sure we used to sing it slightly earlier. It seemed like the game was nearly going and we were singing it, but that's maybe I'm just... Perhaps. I think, I, I think it's when we announced the teams and then it should kick in. Um, but, you know, had we not lost... No one would have noticed, would they? Exactly. That's a really so, valid point. Were you talking there, Lee? Was it you? Sorry. Sorry, it was me. Actually, I was going. I was going to make the same point, Dan. On Dan, on this end, just saying, uh, if we had won those first two games, then we'd never be able to go back to the old Mullican tire. Right? Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> We've got them just in case. Um, so, as I ask everyone who's uh, been on here with us, um, you know, it's it's not getting an easier question to ask the season so far, and how you see. Maybe it going, I know it's still sort of early doors, and you know, with the manager as well, because you know, there is we, we were saying it earlier on, there is that thing of being a human being behind all this at the end of the day, and there's a job, yeah, but you know, it's a difficult one, but we all care about Forest ultimately. Mm. So, how what are your thoughts on it so far in this interesting season? I, I, I really I want it to work for Chris Hutton, he seems like such a you know, a decent guy, he's obviously intelligent, he's he's done the business elsewhere, and I just wonder. You know, is it is it him? Is it the play? Is it? I, I don't know. With every season that goes by, you kind of your expectations maybe dip a little bit because, you know, we all get hurt by it, don't we? So and we're so invested. I would really like it to work for Chris Hutton, because if not him, then who? That's part of my question. Um, player wise, sure, they need some more. But, you know, we do this every year. And we we seem to go like last season. We went out and just scooped up, and I think Lisa was saying earlier. You know, um, we did buy an awful lot of players who were at the wrong end of their career, so we shouldn't do that again. So I'm I'm kind of neatly evading the question, really. But I would, I mean, of course, I would like us to be top six. But it worries me the longer it goes on after the season where we missed out on the playoffs, and that was a disaster. It's almost like we haven't got over that. So I don't know what needs to happen. We've obviously changed the manager since then. A lot of different players have come in. Um, we, we need a goal scorer as well, for sure. Yeah, big time. I mean, to be fair. I do wonder, don't, don't I, I do wonder sorry, Ryan, whether, um, whether announcing the team on the PA is legally binding. I, you could just say, read the Forest team out and say, and of course, managed by Mark Dennison. And then that becomes like the gospel. Like, sorry, Chris. Look, making it let me today. let me try that. I'll try that against Wolves and I'll let, I'll come back to you. And please don't apologise for whatever your answer is because I think uh, the last thing you need is the Forest Stadium announcer and BBC, uh, you know, <laughs> as Frank Lampard for me. Um, hi, Chris. How are you doing? Nice to see you today. Um, so, anyway, listen, thank you so much for joining us. And if you do You're have welcome. anyone who's lost the tape, just tell them I've got an acoustic guitar. I can be in Nottingham in three hours. So no worries. Thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, yeah, guys, as we do every week, a little round of applause for Mark. Thank you for joining us. And thank you. Feel free to go about your day and uh, practice the accent a bit more. I will. Thank you very much for having me. Goodbye. Thank you, mate. <laughs>
There you go, guys. There's another one. So well done, Dan. You officially get one point in the great scheme of... Uh, I mean, that was... Uh, I'm not saying this is a negative thing, the easiest one yet. But, um, yeah, well done. Talk, try and get somebody, the... though, haven't you? You've got to get somebody on that somebody's going to get. Oh, we haven't. Maybe it's just who's guessing, Lisa. It's like, who's right, the manager or the players, eh? Same. This is very true. Oh, it's <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, because obviously we knew about this a few weeks ago, and I was just like, oh, it'd be really cool. And then I realised when he was on there, I've got a lot of questions I want to ask him. Because you do that voice. I, I do it when I've done weddings in the past. And, you, you know, I'm talking to you like this, but I'm going, all right, here we go. It's a song about the killers. You know, you go into that voice. And I wonder if he's got these like, Mario. you know, it's like, a, anyway, I'm not going to try and stick in stealing his job with uh, that accent. Um, so brilliant. I think we've had, um, I didn't really have any time with that because I was doing this thing called trying to host um, where I didn't really get to message you who I thought that was uh, with the 1987 cup final thing. Because I thought. Well, someone's already messaged me with an answer. So I'm starting to get answers. I'm not going to reveal. But would you like the third clue or do you want to get a message to let's me in the next No, let's go for it now, mate. Because to be honest, I, I, I kind of don't give a shit. But in the nicest way possible. I, I'm not, what I mean is, sorry, what I mean is. Disqualified. Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's Gary Mabbott. It's not, but go on. <laughs> All right. Third clue. So he was born, I'll just recap. He was born in Stockholm, Sweden in 1962. He was the losing captain in the 1987 FA Cup final playing alongside Steve Hodge. And the third clue is Forrest signed him on loan from the San Jose Clash and he went on to play seven games for the Reds. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I think sure. I know it now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still the same person I thought it was, but I just can't be asked to send a text. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll play the hosty thing of going like, well done, everyone. Good quiz. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's my own fault for not being involved in that. So listen, what I'm um, going to do now is really briefly, we're going to talk a little bit more I don't know which way should we do it. No, fuck it. We'll do the way around. And there's some swearing I have to beep out, maybe. I don't know. We do swear on this, do we? I'm rambling. All right, so I'm going to do the quiz now. Um, so we're moving on to the general knowledge quiz. So I've got 63 questions, which are made by Cosmopolitan magazine. Other magazines are available. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each five. And rather than just picking random ones, I'm going to let you pick a number. And at the end of it, whoever's got the most points wins nothing. <laughs> Brilliant. So we're going to go uh, people called Lee first because uh, we don't say ladies first or anything like that anymore. Lee, between 1 and 63, I have no apology for what is coming your way. This is just called laziness. Um, but And, you know, it's just given us a bit of a mouth wash before we start talking about sacking Chris Hewton and things like that. So, 1 to 63, what are you going to go for, Lee? Um, let's go for 26. What is a baby rabbit called? Oh, God. No, it's not. Um... What's a baby rabbit called? I mean, if it was me, I'd have gone, Peter? Johnny? Jow? Nah, literally no idea. Oh, do you know I didn't know that. I know a small hare, I think, is a leveret, but I didn't know what a rabbit is. It's a kit. Yeah, I never got that. Yeah, like we talk about kits every year. So now every time for us bring out a new kit, I want you to think of a small baby rabbit. Everyone who's listening to this has just been poisoned in your ears. There we go. So, Dan, we're going to go to you next, mate. One to 63, but obviously not the one down to um, Lisa. 23, please. Nice choice, yeah. Who has been the first Minister of Wales since December 2018? Johnny Owen. No, it's a kit. Oh, sorry. It's Mark Drakeford, not Johnny Owen. So, very topical. Uh, Lisa, you have a chance to go in the lead on a quiz. So, let's, you know, it's pretty rare. Um, what, one to 63, what are you going for? Number eight. Or oh, it's the capital, come on, of Iceland. Thank you, Vic. Hey, Lisa's in the lead. One, well, not to yes. Lisa. Here we go. 
Right, okay. This is actually fucking much better than doing forest shit and getting Steve Chettle's appearances wrong. Uh, Lee, to you, man. So uh, off you go. Pick a number. Um, number 11. That's quite low. Lee, what does IPA stand for? Um, IPA, Indian Pale Ale. It's a good, strong point there. You remember you're on one. Uh, Dan, number? 58. Nice choice. How many... Fuck me. This is a horrible question. Unless the answer is one. I don't know. You're meant to know this. How many bones does a shark have? Oh, it sounds like it should be a lot. 165. No, it hasn't got any. Oh, there you go. It's made entirely of cartilage. So you don't have to fill it a shark. Well, you couldn't have it on the bone. You can no. have it on the cartridge, a cartilage, which is just like uh, Lisa to go two one up and pull away from Lee a little bit. Gives a number. What's it going? Uh, let's go with number nineteen. That's a good question. Nineteen. I'm glad you went for that one. What? Oof, I'd be bugged with this. What is the name of the school in the TV program Sex Education? No idea. Literally no idea. Shagging high. No, it's uh, it's called Moordale High. Apparently, for those of you who watch that. I, I got told once it was very good, but I've never watched it. Uh, so it's 1-1. One, one. Uh, we're going into round three. Lee? Um, number five. Number five. Steve Chetto. Uh, in what franchise would you find the character Katniss Everdeen? Um, Dan knows it. Nah, pass. Anyone else? It's the Hunger Games. <sighs> Uh, that wonderful Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Dan? 45. I'm doing this every week for now, by the way. How many episodes of Scrubs were there? Oh, God. Um, in two either side, I'll give you. 60. 181. Lisa, to go two one up. Give me a number. Number 60. What does the AC button on a calculator stand for? <laughs> no, I do for a living. <laughs> do you make calculators? I use the calculator on my keyboard. I've got no idea what it stands for. Well, that's why this quiz is good. <laughs> you just hit it every time, don't you? And what does it yeah. do? Let's work it out. What does it do when you press it? Clears everything. So what do you think the C might be? Clear. So what's the A? All. She's got it. Two, one. Lisa. <laughs> I mean, guys, I mean, you know, we'll allow And that. I get asked who the First Minister of Wales is. Yeah, but that's not I knew that was Mark Drayford. I'm assuming Mark Drayford's probably the name of the next manager we'll get, who's we've not heard of, who's in the Austrian third division or something. Yeah, we might get him in, yeah. Lee, question four. Uh, 37, please. All right, mate, see what we got for you. <laughs> Fucking hell. What month was Prince George born? Oh, uh... One in 12? Yeah. Do you know Lisa? April. No. Lisa was nodding as well. It's July. I don't know who he is. Um, Dan, question four. How many points you got, Dan? Oh, just oh, pick me a number and let's get this over with. You're picking the numbers. <laughs> um, four, 44. Fin back. 44. For one point, which oh, this is easy. For one point, which of these actors is Scottish? Jamie Dornan. Michael Sheen, Daniel Craig, or James McAvoy? I, I'm assuming I haven't heard of one of them, but I'm assuming it's the last one based on names. James Bond, 
I've heard of James Bond, but I don't know who the first. Who was the first name? James Dolan. Janie Dolan was in that horrific Shades of Grey. Uh, no. Michael okay. James McAvoy, I'll go with. Yeah, this one with the Scottish name. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Lisa, you're on two points, right? So Dan's got within one. Lee, are you on one or two? One. Oh, sorry, man. Would you believe me if I said two? Probably. Okay. See, mate, I don't know her middle name at the minute. Lisa, <laughs> uh, come on, give us a number. 22. God, it wasn't 40 because I couldn't even say those words. 22. You might get this, Lisa, knowing a little bit about you. Typically, what four ingredients go into a cosmopolitan cocktail? Oh, God. Vodka. Yep. When Lisa has them, it's just four vodkas by the sound. It's just vodka. Vodka. And vodka. <laughs> I actually don't. I want to say grenadine, but I don't think that's right. No, it's fresh lime juice, vodka, cranberry juice, and then either triple sec, Cointreau, or orange liqueur. So, uh, Lee, your chance to draw a level with Lisa, your last chance with your last question. What are you going for? Uh, number eight. Number eight. What is it? No, we've had that. A couple of Iceland. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, let's go for the absolute last one. 63? Yeah. <laughs> what a question. Who is older? Jeremy Corbyn or Theresa May? I mean, one of them looks like a fucking wizard. Yeah, tricky. That's uh, um, let's go for Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, Corbyn's born 49. Uh, old uh, Tessa Mazza was born 56. So, yeah, you've got two points. You are joint leading now. Uh, Dan, here we go. Your chance to get... Sorry, I've genuinely got short-term memory loss at the minute. What what, what are you on? One or none? I'm on, I'm on one. Good man. I thought you were. Okay, go on. What's your right. Being as you didn't want to read it out before, I'm going with 40. Yeah, but this also means it's a horrible question. What is the Papaver Roes flower better known as? There you go. That's your fault. You wanted to have me, and now you've got that. What is a Papaver? Is it another flower, or is it like an object? What is the Papaver Roes flower better known as? Oh, mm, something large. Uh, don't know. A lily? No. Lisa? You'll go, it's a poppy. I was, was going to leave you hanging for a minute. It's a poppy. So, Lisa, to take the win, give me a number. Number three. Oh, shame it wasn't two. How many times has Andy Murray won Wimbledon playing singles? Once. He beat Djokovic and he beat Rausic, is it? He's won it twice. Has he really? Everyone forgets the second one because it was a piece of piss for him, really. He won it really easy. <laughs> Um, so it's a draw between Lee and Lisa. The question number two here actually would have been, I wanted you to win on. For one point, put the following Kardashian Jenners in order of age, oldest to youngest. Not a clue. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they do. Anyway, so we'll, well, do you know what? I'm going to save that quiz for next time because uh, I think it's got a lot of legs in it, especially what do we all now know? The young of a rabbit. And um, we know that bones are not something the shark bothers itself with. You won't see it with a plastic cast on. No, 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 sir. So with that, and talking of plastic casts, uh, mending things, bandaging over stuff, Nottingham Forest Football Club. Uh, we're in a situation here where people either, I've seen so many accounts called Hewton out. I mean, I, have, I can't be a hypocrite to it. I've gone, but I think it's gone. And the reason I've said that is because of the fact that it's not four games. It's the other 42 from last season. If I saw Forrest ripping it up last season and then she is not, or I just didn't see anything last year apart from one or two games where there was like a spasm in the body, you know? It felt like the cadaver moved a little bit. But otherwise, 
it took a long time to get safe there, didn't it? When there were some absolute tramp teams in that league. So for me, that's it. You know, you hear things are going, the players don't play for him. You hear things, you see the Lyle Taylor WhatsApp thing. Uh, you see all that kind of stuff going on. And, you know, and I've got many different opinions on what I think is professional, unprofessional, fair, unfair. You pay your money, you go and see your team. I think realistically, it feels like a real amalgamation of frustration of people who've not had a beer for a year mixed with people who don't like it. But to say the one that got me was someone called Yates a prick. And they went, you sidewards passing, boring prick. And I went, why is he a prick? Why is, it, why is that a thing? Why, you know, it's just, I, I, maybe I'm a different generation to it, but why, why have you got to call him a prick? You can say he's rubbish at football if you want, but he's not. He's better than you. But why is he a prick? That's a really weird thing to do. Or saying, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, maybe that's your way of dealing with stuff. And, you know, they say about people who punch and shout more than actually want to talk about it. I will, my underlining on it is before I open to all of you guys is I want Nottingham Forest to win everything. I want them to be the best team in the world. I don't care if actually that was Chris Commons's prodigy, you know, progeny were the team. I don't care who it is, what color they are, what height they are, what religion they are. I don't care what the kit looks like, even though I like them this year. So I get behind that, but I must say those players are not pulling the weight as much as I do believe some of the things that Chris is doing is sleepwalking in way, his way into the sack quite easily. But I'm going to go the other way around this time. So I'm going to start with Lisa, then go to Lee and then Dan. So uh, as much as you can, Lisa, <laughs> being careful to talk about it. Uh, your overall thoughts on the whole situation and Derby coming up. Um, so but, sorry, for the record, I hope we smash them. <laughs> anyway, well, well, that's a given, isn't it? Um, yeah, the, um, the Houston situation is very... Very difficult. I mean, a lot of lot and lot of fans were calling for him out on Saturday. Um, but can we also just make the point that I didn't get the chance to make earlier is that Stoke beat us 1-0. And I know we didn't create a lot, but they also created a goal that was very similar to our goal against Fulham two seasons ago. Um, and that that ended up being goal of the season. And sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, they did that really, really well. And yes, it's okay critiquing our own side. We didn't defend, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. Um, but ultimately, you know, as, as Dan said earlier, the book does stop with um, the manager. And anybody who's only won the amount of games that Forrest have won in the last 18 months is going to be under severe, severe pressure. Um, and he knows that. Um, but he also knows that he came in five games, six games into the season last year. And we've also got to remember that that was actually a month later than we are now. Um, and the majority of the signings were not his in that transfer window. So all these people that are saying he's had two transfer windows, he hasn't. He's, he had one and a little bit of another. And the only player he brought in last year was Knockhart. Hold on. I, I thought Knockhart wasn't. And, and did I get that wrong then? I, I, Knockhart was when he was there, was it? Because I always thought yeah. Knockhart, even though it's Knockhart was right at the end. Right, OK. Um, so he was the only player then. And then in January, we signed Cafu on permanently. Um, and we brought in Ghana, um, and, it, and you've got to say, I mean, Ghana's come back because part it's got to be partly because of the manager, partly, you know, otherwise, why else would you would you come back? Um, and for me, that's that's really exciting. So whilst I get that our fans are shouting for Hutton out and that our football is negative, um, we've just signed a really exciting young player from Manchester United and beaten other clubs that have just been relegated from the um, Premiership to his signature. Um, so that's got to be a positive. And, but I also don't think that that means that Hewton's going anywhere. And whether that be because the hierarchy trusts him, whether that be because we can't afford to sack him because we're still paying off other managers, who knows? 
Um, but for me, if the hierarchy say, this is our manager, this is where we're going, we have to be united. We have to stick with it, regardless of how crap the football is. Um, you know, I went to see us during the Megson era. I re-signed my season ticket every season since. I was there in League One. Seen us play some shocking, shocking football over the years. And don't get me wrong, the, the football that we're playing at the moment is absolutely awful. It's, it isn't exciting. It's it's not something that I, will, I you know, I, I, that I'm excited to be going. I'm actually dreading going to the game on Saturday um, because we've had the bragging rights against Derby for so long now. It's 1,300, 1,500 and something days now, isn't it? Um, and I am concerned that Saturday, you know, Derby, for all the all the trouble that they are in, on and off the field, um, they are united as a team. And for me, at the moment, I think our dressing room is very much being torn left, right and centre because you've got things like the captaincy, you've got things like the, the Lyle Taylor leak, you've got players that aren't supposed to be being brought through yet, having to make the performances, having to come out there and do it. And what the guys said earlier in regards to Finback coming out and actually stepping up in a, in a toxic situation, as it was um, against Blackburn last Wednesday, um, you know, you've got to give those guys the credit. And ultimately, they're being paid, Hewton's being paid, if he's not going, which it doesn't look like he's going anytime soon, um, let's get behind them. I mean, I know full well the game when we played Derby and we got absolutely battered 5-0 was one of the best away games I've been to because the fans were so behind the team the whole time, even though the football was shit. Do you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this question and then sort of aim it into Lee. You know if James Garner's shit? Right. Because what made me laugh was when he signed, somebody put Good. Now can we get a left back? <laughs> ah, all summer. Our fans Garner. are never happy. Announce Garner. Announce Garner. Yeah, good. Let's have a left back. Uh, right, so let's say he's shit. He won't be because he's a good player. But if he's bollocks, who's going to moan? Because I'll tell you what, man. I've defended Ryan Yates because me and Lisa have spoke about it personally. I, I, I want that attitude in the team. You know, all right, yeah, I do think he goes backwards a lot. I do think he goes sideways. We could go forward. But I equally think there's times there's a good player in there. And, you know, when you're going to start saying about, oh, well, it's not the right place to be developing that player. He should be in a different, you know, the reserves, where it could be. I don't think it exists. But um, Carvalho and people like that don't get it. But, you know, like with, with Garner, they won't do it, will they, Lee? Yeah, go, go on about the whole thing. Go on about, you know, your whole thoughts on it and Derby, but also with Garner. I know Lisa... I, or Can I speak first, just before you move on? Five managers cannot be wrong about Yates, just like five managers cannot be wrong about Carvalho. Who was it who said that? Someone about five managers are wrong about Yates, but John from Sutton Coalfield is right about, you know, is bang on. So, yeah, so he's he's never going to get any crit critic off the, the fans, is he? James Garner. And I'm not, I want him to play really well, like I've said. So, Lee, overall, Garner, Derby, Chris Hewton, unravel it for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first lone player we've had. It would come back for a second stint and be absolutely shocking. I'm looking at you, Gary Gardner. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think he will be a good signing. You don't... You don't get signed for another three years by Man United if you if you can't play. I just think the whole overriding thing for me is I do think uh, Lisa's right. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'd have been done by now um, if he was. Um, my personal opinion, I think he's reached the end of the road. I think he seems far too stubborn. Um, and, and you know what? Who can blame him for being stubborn? He's, he's won this. He's won in his career. He's won promotion to the championship more times than we have in the last, well, 
probably ever. Um, so I mean, who can who, who can fault him for being stubborn? I mean, I, I don't particularly blame him, uh, but I just think personally there is, as you mentioned earlier, Ryan, that we've got a front line that does seem pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, you, you go on Twitter and it's Ryan Yates's fault, it's Jack Colback's fault, it's it's anyone who dares to enter in enter the midfield and play a backward pass. Um, but yeah, I just for me it, it is boring. It's negative. Um, he's kind of. Um, hampering some really good attacking players. Whether Garner's going to help that and help us pick up some results, time will tell. Whether he's got that time, I'm not sure. Um, but I think my final thing, really, on it all is, you're quite right what you say, this is everything that's bad with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. There's always someone who's got to take it too far. And for me, footballers are in the spotlight. They're, you know, they're going to get critique on their performance. It's the same in any sort of showbiz industry. And let's face it, football is becoming showbiz now. It's it's an entertainment industry. They earn a fortune. They, there's going to be people out there who want to critique their performance. And for me, there's not a lot wrong with that. But when you overstep the mark and call someone a prick, call someone a clown, it, it's too much. They're human beings. It's like you look at the showbiz industry, you look at what happened to Caroline Flack. People need to, for me, switch on and realise that footballers are exactly the same. And I, I just think with with how toxic football fans can be, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if we you know we're going to see more and more um, high profile people in on the front pages for the wrong reasons. I just think that the NFFC timeline. I, I've stopped even looking at it to be fair. Yeah, I've called for Chris Hewton to maybe go. Maybe it's time to go. Would I ever call him a prick or a clown? Absolutely not. And the same goes for absolutely anyone. Um, but they're allowed to, Lee, because it matters. Because Forrest matters to them so much, they're allowed to legitimise those reasons for talking like that. And that's, but that obviously I'm saying that with full tongue in cheek and irony because mm. it's not the case, is it? I, I equally, you know, I saw the Leeds fans giving shit to Rashford and Sancho about missing the pen, and part of me kind of didn't mind it. And it sounds weird because of the fact if it was on a basis of hating United and as a Leeds fan, yeah. If there's any modicum of it, you know, being a racial undertone, then obviously it's a different thing. Mm. I think the football's going to level into a new kind of kindness and whatever it is. But at the same time, that passion for Forrest and that we all share and the ups and downs we've had and the, you know, the good and the bad, it, it does install in you something that you can. I've done it before. I've lost my mind and I've gone, why did I tweet that? You know, I don't mean I've been aggressive, but what I mean is I've gone, that wasn't, you know, let's look at hindsight. Because actually, like Lisa, you were saying, Scott McKenna was wicked against Stoke. I, I love Scott McKenna. I just He's like my absolute favourite Forest player at the minute. And I forgot about him because I was just so distraught of the fact I'm hearing my own fans sing that to Hewton and people going, yeah, he deserves it. And you're just going, mm, you know, we are we do have a right to reply as fans, which is something that I think Dan's been harking on about and he's probably going to mention now. But it's not one of those where we have to just shut up about it all the time. But at the same time, it's the, it's the interpersonal stuff that gets me. It's that thing of calling you, your integrity and things like that that get me. I think Dan was going to say no, sorry. That's all right. Yeah, similar. So I, I do want to be clear because I, I think we can talk all day about what's clearly right and clearly wrong, right? And we're not the police of anyone else. So they can go and do what they want. And it's just the consequences, right? If you want to do that stuff, knock yourself out. Who am I to tell you not to do it? But if, if you think it's going to lead to something positive, then that's, that, that's the difference, right? But also I think, and Lee mentioned it, it, football isn't becoming entertainment it always has been entertainment right going back my granddad used to go and watch Notts County and take my mum you go there to be entertained that was the original there wasn't partisan support back in the day that has come after football football was go to your local team and be entertained on a Saturday afternoon go home not think about football till the following Saturday afternoon so at its core it's about being entertained for 90 minutes and paying money to go and do that 
and choosing that over going to the cinema. Now you put that on Twitter and it can be misconstrued as saying, well, you don't support a film or you don't, you know, it, you've got to be behind your team and you've got to follow them home and away, no matter how bad they are. You don't have to do any of that. It's a personal choice, right? You, you can live by being a fan and a fanatic and a supporter, or you can turn up and watch it when it's good. And I don't think we should put people down for approaching it that way. I don't want to go and spend my Saturday afternoon watching something that I know is going to be bad. I can't do something else. Thanks. So there is a point that comes where it says I'll support them. I'll go and watch them while I'm there. I'll be positive about it. But if I know what's coming, then I'm not going to waste my time. And that's not, not being loyal. It's not being daft really. And I go back to the point Lisa made about the, the Fulham and Stoke, well, us beating Fulham a couple of years ago and then, uh, us losing to Stoke and, and I get it and and it's a comparison that I made with the two goals but I just pulled up the stats on us playing Fulham two years ago and, and Ryan you mentioned we got lucky a lot so we beat Fulham with that really nice goal right and we replayed that goal hundreds of thousands of times on social media we had 23% possession in that game and Fulham had 20 shots on goal so we can walk away saying we scored a great goal and we won a game by you know one by the, the single goal Fulham fans can walk away going, well, we really tried there and we lost to a team that got a bit jammy. So everyone has a reason on a Saturday afternoon to go, well, the result wasn't great, but I walk away happy. And the other fans go, we had a great away day. At Stoke, we lost 1-0 to a great goal. We didn't have a shot on target and we hardly had the ball. I don't know how you can come away from a game like that thinking to yourself, oh, great, I'll go and do this again next weekend. You need to have something. And I'm, I'm not saying I want a team that's entertaining that doesn't win. I want both. But you've got to have the seeds of something that you're watching to make you feel like it's worth doing. And if you're not seeing that week after the week, I don't condone it, but I can completely understand why people get to a frustrated place where this is an outlet for entertainment. And we're basically having someone stood up in front of us week after week going, well, we played pretty well there. We just got unlucky. Well, I'm sorry, you wouldn't keep going to watch one star films week after week if you've read the reviews that are one star. And it's the hope you want that the next game is going to be better. And I don't think under Hutton there is any hope, even with three signings, that the next game will be better. We might get lucky and win 1-1-0, one, one, but we're not going to win a 4-2 game like we did under Montagnier or get a last-minute winner like we did under Sabri. It's just, it, for me, that it, it's just not there. You just dropped Montagnier as the attacking king there for a minute. I just uh, that's quite interesting. Um, what, one thing that I made thought of when you were saying that is that really it's not kind of football's fault. If, if 11 men were going to go and play against another 11 men, I know other sexes are available in football. I'm on about the origins of the game, which actually, if you look into, there's quite a big female game. Anyway, different thing. People just started following it. Hey, that's my team. I'll support them. And some more and some more and some more. And then obviously you do get the media and you get the thing and people get involved and worldwide fans. Football itself as a game of people kicking around an airbag just became really popular because it's simplicity and the, the, the way it works. I think this thing of going into that level of it being... You know, I know everyone quotes Shankly and says it's more important than life and death. It isn't really. If it was a relationship, you wouldn't want to be in it. If you turned that into a relationship with a man or a woman and went, I go and pay all the money and I go and give them all my support and love and they give me nothing, make me unhappy, make me put shit on Twitter. I hate them. You're right, Dan. It's not. But unfortunately, there is. this is why football is such an intriguing thing that probably Lawn Bowles doesn't have is that there's something deep-rooted inside you what it is. But I, I agree with all of you in different ways of the fact that it's the way that you portray it out. And you've got to think as well, I think I mentioned it on, the, on this very podcast last year, I got sick on Twitter of having to do threads and stuff because I would do a tweet that said, I don't think he's played very well. Now, I know all the players haven't played well as well, but I'm on about that person. 
and people will go like they did with me against Carvalho this week, going, "Oh, that's it, single him out." No, I'm just talking about him. And that's what fucks me off is that I've now got to do a super long tweet going, just in case any of you are thinking this, let me get rid of all this as well. But I don't. That's the point. I don't have to do that. And none of you have to do that either. I, you know, it, it might be being oversimplistic. It might be we are the world and waving flags in the air. This is going to be a tough season as it stands, but it isn't actually still insurmountable that Forrest could. I always remember Millwall one year went charging up or charging down the table. Whatever. It can happen. Villa were crap at one point and went up, you know, nearly up that year. This season isn't some unsurmountable, but you know what is not going to help them is you lot giving a load of shits to it. But then at the same time, the way I see it is that I get the frustration. Do you know what I mean? So I'm a, I don't know where this has gone a bit longer, but it's been a big things kind of thing uh, to go with. Are the fans, as much as I thought they were incredible against Stoke, from what I could hear, is that not helping the team as much as it is helping a voice? I'm going to go around you really again quickly. Damn. Yes, yeah, so it's a bit odd because either the fans count or they don't, right? And if they count and they voice an opinion and people react to that opinion, then that's surely what we want, right? So if everyone just clapped along and said, well, we don't like it, but we're not going to voice any concern at all, you know, within the realms of what's what's acceptable, then the club hierarchy might make the same decisions, right? In which case it doesn't matter what we're saying, good or bad, because they don't care. If they do care, then it's only right that we give our true opinion. Because if Putin gets sacked and he gets sacked, I don't know what they make the decisions on, but if he gets sacked because the fans aren't happy and then we get someone in and they do well, then it was worth doing, right? We just don't know if they're going to do well. But you, you name-checked a couple of teams. What do they all have in common? They started badly and they sacked the manager and got someone else. That's that's what it, Dane Murphy at Barnsley, as Lisa said um, before the recording. What did he do last year? They lost a few games. He changed the manager. They went on a run and got to the playoffs. So I'm not saying any of us have a crystal ball and say we know who we want exactly how they'll do. I think if you're just not enjoying something and you can voice that opinion correctly then it's your right to voice that opinion. It's their right to as to whether they listen. They don't have to just because we're paying our money. Our, our contract with them isn't for them to listen. It's for them to put a team out for us to watch and them to give us a seat to sit in. But if they choose to listen because they think it's in their best interests, we shouldn't be covering anything up as to our opinion. And if the only downside is if louder voices are heard more, right? If there's 30,000 people in the stadium and 29,000 are happy, but the thousand are the ones singing, that's when you have an issue. But I think people are smart enough at the club to understand what the general opinion of the fan base is based on who they, who they see with what opinions and, you know, what they understand. So I've, I've got no doubt that we should have a say in it. And I do think, you know, as I've said, we should change the manager and I think it's the best for the club. Yeah, again, again I'm going to sit on the back of that. I don't, I don't want us to, I'm getting at the fans from that point of view, even though I don't really care, you know, what's your opinion, the opinion is, but I just think it's the, the way it's done sometimes for me. But uh, Lee and Lisa quickly, because I think we can get this under uh, an hour and a half there. And, uh, but can I just say as well, for anyone screaming at the radio going, all right, Mr. wrote a load of songs about Fawaz, tell him to fuck off. All right, Mr. Get Out of Our Club. Everyone, yeah, but to be fair, he was killing us. Uh, which you could argue this is as well. I know I'm this, you know, all right, Mr. <laughs> what is it called? Mr. Hypocrite. Lee, uh, yeah, go on down and then I'll go to Lee and then Lisa. Just, just out of thin air. This Scottish international won 61 caps and finished his career at Everton after leaving Forest following relegation. He now lives in San Diego. That's your last clue. Back back to the Houston debate. <laughs> God. Um, Lee, um, for those... No, no, let's bring it to an end, down properly. Let's because we're going to do that at the end. So there's been... I've loved that one and I should have got it, but I couldn't remember the Tottenham thing. That really demanded. Our player is... Dan? The player is Richard Goff, and I can reveal that Lisa got that after the second clue, so he gets three points, and Lee got it after the third clue and gets two points. Yeah. 
and sorry to jump into the Hooten debate. I just thought people might want a bit of ebb and flow of the downward spiral of depression. So One point, bring, you back, bring you back to Richard Goff getting us relegated back in 99 to cheer things up. When you said Tottenham, I thought you'd gone for Chris Hewitt. <laughs> Now, right, sorry, Lee. Uh, bring us back. So, fan again, fan power, fan opinions, and then uh, we'll go. I think, um, my opinion's always been the same on supporters. I mean, I, I've never been the sort of supporter that will tell other supporters how to support their team at the end of the day. Everyone pays their money, they can do so how they wish. But for me, I think for that 90 minutes while you're in the ground, I've always found it pretty counterproductive if the atmosphere is toxic while the game's actually ongoing. Yeah, I get that sometimes it's it's like to quote your cinema analogy, if if the film's absolutely rubbish, you don't you don't see too many in the cinema stood up on the back road, you know, effing and blinding and yeah. you know, throw, throwing the popcorn at the screen and stuff like that. I just think um I, I get that it's slightly different, but you know, um I just think it's the same with booing at half time. I always think if you boo them at half time, they're going to sit there for 15 minutes and they're going to think, do you know what? Bollocks to you. I don't want to come out and perform now. To be counter that, though, there is a part of me that would go, I would go, right, I'm going to fucking show you. Yeah, but I, I do agree with you. But I just think there's, there's just, I'm looking at the, there's, there's certain players who wouldn't thrive on that, I don't think. And I think, I mean, clearly against Blackburn, Forest didn't thrive on that. Yeah, they came out and equalised, but then they played exactly the same way. But I just, it was the same with the Fawaz stuff. I, I still maintained that if there was going to be a, a protest, it should be done before, after in the car park. Because what, you know, what Fawaz has done was nothing to do with the 11 players for that 90 minutes on the football pitch. I just think it can can often be counterproductive. Um, and for me, it's just, it's just one of those things. Yeah, admittedly, if someone puts a five-yard pass out for a throw-in, it's frustrating, but you're there to support the team at the end of the day. And I think if you if you surveyed the more successful teams, you would you would look at the teams with the, the crowds. You know, I'm looking at Norwich, who have been successful in this league. Home support's tremendous. Leeds, yeah, Leeds have had it tough. But typically, for that, that 90 minutes, their fans are absolutely incredible. And I just think, at the minute, certainly, we're not uh, overly helpful. No, I, I, I think I think all of that makes a lot of sense. And finally, Lisa, uh, this bumper edition, uh, bring us home. Got any? You got anything to tell us? Anything to think? What's going on? No, not really. I can't, can't disagree with the guys. Um, it, you know, for me, one, you want to be entertained, of course you do. Two, um, I think we feel like we're a little bit in the minority in the fact that for, you know we're Forest fans and it's all doom and gloom. Um, I think there are actually other teams out there that are probably, their fan base is probably more toxic than ours. Um, but we, we just you just look at the NFFC timeline, don't you? You don't really uh, look at what everybody else is going through. Um, and, I mean, for me, if you go back to the, the whole European Cup thing, or the, the, the Euros, um, and how the United England fans were, um, even when they weren't playing very well, um, and it kind of that was pretty horrible. I thought, yeah, but but the fans were still behind them, um, and ultimately, the fans pay their money. The fans of all of them, every single one, has got a right to an opinion, whether they go to the game, whether they listen to it on the radio, whether they watch it on I follow, whatever they want to do. I've got an issue with that because you know everybody has got a life outside of football, and that also includes the players. And for me. You're okay to boo. Don't boo when it's nil-nil at half time, for God's sake, because that's counterproductive. You know, that that was the thing that I was a bit a little bit perplexed about is that we're being we're, the players were being booed off for it being nil-nil. And we've not actually played that badly. Um, but rumors as they were on Saturday of infighting amongst our own fans when it's meant to be a family game isn't the way that the club will want to 
be seen going forward. Um, and it's got to be about the enjoyment. And obviously, if we're talking about us playing free-flowing football, which is ultimately what you want to see, um, you know, we've got to have the tools, we've got to have the manager, we've got to have the formation, and everyone, everybody will then be happy. Um, the world's not perfect, though, is it? Well, no, and neither am I, you know. I was going to go and suck over really deep, so I think I'm perfect. Seven. Listen, uh, thank you so much, guys. We've run over a bit today, but I think there was a lot to say and do. And obviously, a big thanks to Mark for joining us as our mystery guest. Um, thank you to Cosmopolitan Magazine for the quiz, which I will be coming back to. And we didn't get to talk about it, but Heinz was actually uh, invented in, uh, established in 1869, so that's one for you as well. We've learned what baby rabbits are called. We've learned the sharks not only have got bitey teeth, but my God, they're slinky. And none of them bones in them. Um, what else have we learned, really? We've learned that Dan has got a fine quiz with, uh, and Richard Goff is actually probably enjoys some, you know, kippers in the morning. Oh, he's Scottish, so he probably does anyway, but especially in Sweden. I'm thinking of Heron. <laughs> Christ, it's been a long week. Okay, so Lee, thank you for joining me. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board, man. Uh, and we will save the, uh, the what's it called? Garibaldi guess, or what do we call it? guess the goff i don't know we'll, we'll change it each week we'll see what we get it kind of gives it away though doesn't it and leaves us a bit stuck for further players if we do that can we call it something like richard goff's cardigan or the sweden rich the swedish richard goff or something that's to do with him now that's just tainted it but uh, well you, you can decide that enjoy the rest of your day because you're obviously in uh in the day still aren't you as you can see with all of us we're going all dark on our images because it's the you know the sun's coming towards you uh lisa thank you very much for joining us again um enjoy the wine is it wine tonight or is it just i don't know never on a monday or vodkas okay never on uh, a monday we'll end it with this as well so guys coming up obviously we've got a i should imagine the youth team is going to be playing against wolves uh on wednesday and then we've got a small matter of the sheep um and if it makes you feel any better i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing i've uh, been asked to work on saturday so i won't be able to watch the game i will be training people on how to sell Samsung phones uh, on Saturday in London. So uh, I won't get to see it. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but sing up, sing proud. It's the one game of season when we especially want to shove it to them and, you know, they're in turmoil as well in their own way. And whatever happens, you know, just get behind the lads as much as you can. And but equally, you know, let's just look where it's all aimed and just try and be nice as we can to each other. We all want the same thing. This is the thing we all forget a lot of the time. We all go to the same church. We all sing the same hymns. We all want the same and sometimes you have to stop and remember that because I know I've had to this week and I'm sure you have to. So listen, thanks for everyone here at Forever Forest and we'll see you next week. And uh, you Reds. Hey!